Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. On the podcast today is Kimothy Joy, the wonderfully kind, inspiring, and talented woman behind the empowering and powerful images that have uplifted and inspired all of us over the last year. Kimothy brings to life strong women in her watercolor and ink portraits, and she creates illustrations made with joy to spark social change. Her passion is really in using art to support social change, and she's committed and passionate about spreading messages that empower, uplift, inspire, connect, and celebrate women and girls. I was so excited to connect with Kimothy and to invite her on as a guest on Seek the Joy podcast. I remember the first time that I saw her artwork. It was at the Women's March last year in downtown Los Angeles. And like so many of us, I was instantly drawn not only to her art and creativity, but to the strong messages of empowerment and strength that she shares. I left this conversation feeling so inspired by Kimothy, and I know you're going to be just as inspired as I am by her and her journey developing her self-love muscles, building her identity, and stepping into her authentic self. Her story is incredibly vulnerable, courageous, inspiring, and uplifting, just like her artwork. You'll hear it on today's episode. Kimothy has fully embraced her voice and her truth and her creativity, and she's created her own path, and despite difficult circumstances, she's continued to embrace and chase and choose joy no matter what. As always, to learn more about today's episode, head over to the show notes section of the website, seekthejoypodcast.com slash show dash notes, and everything is right there, including where you can find Kimothy and her online shop, where by the way, she donates a portion of the proceeds to organizations like Southern Poverty Law Center, ACLU, Emily's List, and Planned Parenthood. Also on her website, you can now pre-order her book, which is called That's What She Said, Wise Words from Influential Women, which is coming out in April. In today's episode, Kimothy shares so much of herself and her journey, and I'm so grateful that she came on the podcast and shared her voice and her truth with all of us. By the way, she created this awesome doodle for the title of today's episode, and I'm obsessed with it. I love it. It perfectly captures our conversation, and if you haven't seen it already, make sure to head over to my Instagram page to check it out. Thank you, Kimothy, for this awesome piece to go along with today's conversation. All right, guys, that's it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and without further ado, here is my conversation with Kimothy. So should we jump into it? I figure um, yeah, we might as well it. get started. So do you want to maybe introduce yourself and, and who you are and what you do and all that good stuff? Absolutely. Sure. Um, I'm Kimothy. Um, Kimothy Joy Picor. I go by Kimothy Joy online and with my artwork. Um, I'm an artist. I, I'm a myriad of things. Um, so it's kind of hard to like categorize myself, but I'm like, okay, artist, you can start there. Um, I was a, I think I'll always be a photographer. I had a photography studio for a while, did that. Um, also do communications consulting, mainly with nonprofits in like the healthcare improvement realm. So I do a lot of different things. Primarily right now I'm focusing on artwork that uplifts and empowers and connects um, women and girls. That's really my passion and has been for the last uh, probably like two to three years. Oh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> so exciting. That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah it's huge. <laughs> oh, like as I speak, I feel her like kicking around, bumping around. So it's like she hears cool. you're talking about her. Yeah. She's totally. like, hey, I heard that. Tell them about me. Tell them about me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool having like a little buddy right now. I'm like a mama kangaroo and <laughs> taking her everywhere I go and in all these conversations. So, Yes, I'm due April 12th with a girl. Her name is uh, Luca, Luca Joy, and cannot wait to meet her. Let's see. Oh, I'm coming out with a book. I'm going to be an author, and that comes out on April 3rd. So book and a baby all in one year, all in the springtime is just going to be an incredible year. So I'm just feeling like 
a lot of good stuff is happening and I'm just soaking it all in. <laughs> April's going to be an exciting month. There's so much good stuff on the horizon for you. And I'm so excited to talk to you for this podcast. And what I love so much about your work are the messages really of empowerment and self-love and, and using your voice and standing up for yourself. And I've just been wondering, is there a moment in time in your life or an event that really inspired you to want to portray those messages? Yeah. Um, I think there's been like a series of moments and it's definitely been a culmination of life events that have led me to where I'm at today. I just sat down because I get asked this all the time, like, what's your story? Like, why do you focus on this like women and girls empowerment? Why are they your focus and your passion? And it's taken me a little bit of time to come up with a more clear answer just because, you know, it's hard to just describe your life or paraphrase mm -hmm. it when it's just, yeah. there's so many intersecting layers of your identity and events that informed where you are today. But I sat down last night and I wrote out a blog post and I was just thinking about it. Just like really like why? What's the intention? Why am I here? Why do I do what I do and paint what I paint? I could be doing anything else or painting about different things. But really, I feel like it was my lack of feeling like I had an identity early on or really understood my place as a girl or a woman and just feeling like a general lack of confidence and knowing who I am in my earlier years, in my really formative years, um, childhood, and even in, up until my late 20s. I feel like, you know, I'm 33 and I feel like I'm just now understanding and getting to know my true self. And it's just taken me uh, so long. And I know for others, it might be even longer or maybe people have these realizations in their youth or in their 20s. But for me, I'm like, oh, it just it breaks my heart to think about other women and girls not really recognizing their true selves or their their power until later, you know, missing out on that. So now that I found it for myself and I feel like I'm just now coming into my own skin and getting really comfortable I mean, I just, I'm passionate about sharing that and encouraging others to do the same and everyone around me. So that is it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. What's so cool about having a social media platform for anyone, it's ability to connect us. And when we use our our voice and, and what we're putting out into the world to really inspire and empower ourselves, it has this sort of domino effect, I think. And mm -hmm. and you sharing what it, the journey has been like for you to sort of come into your own skin and gain that confidence. I think it has a ripple effect because I think we start to show others, hey, you can do this too. And it doesn't matter, you know, your age or where you're at in, in life. Yeah. You can get to this space too. And, and that's what I really love so much about the emphasis that you've been putting on, on sharing sharing these messages of women and girls and powerful women and empowered women and just mm -hmm. the possibilities you really for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're so right. It is like this contagious, like magnified ripple effect, you know, yeah. and I, I definitely look to other women around me and my friends, you know, other women of history, um, current leaders for inspiration and encouragement because it's a, definitely like a, a daily work in progress. I'm a constant evolving yeah. being Aren't as we, we all right? are. So. Yeah. 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 So I'm always like looking at other women. I'm like, oh my God, she did this and she did this in like her forties or fifties. Like it's never too late. It's never too early. You know, can't put like a time frame on those type of achievements. So it's just liberating to look around and be like, look what she's doing. And a lot of my work too is like definitely elevating and um, highlighting what other women are doing because it's contagious for us all to see those examples. Oh, absolutely. And I love highlighting other women's work too, because I think to move forward, we need to uplift each other and everyone you know, oh, yeah. along the way. And, and that means, you know, if you see someone who's inspiring you, you know, you sort of link arms with them and you move forward together. And has there always been that emphasis on that for you in your life? And it sounds like you really have a strong community of women who you rely on and, and turn to. And so have you always had that? No, no. Um, it's definitely been a, a journey. And I feel like I've done a 180 with that, with my relationships with other women. I think as my relationship with myself transformed and I began to get to know my own self and love myself and have more grace and patience and be more forgiving and listen to that inner voice, and kind of quiet the other voices that were so dominant in my youth. Mm -hmm. The more I did that, the better and deeper my connections with other women became. And now 
I just had my mother's blessing, um, baby shower, Mm. uh, gathering last Saturday. And it was like one of the most moving, beautiful experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, it was just all of these women in my life, you know, friends, my aunts, my, you know, my mom's sisters, like, um, cousins who traveled from afar, sister-in-laws, um, all in one room, all in one space. And the whole focus was just on going around the room and sharing and acknowledging each other and talking about what it meant to be a woman and motherhood. And it was so affirming and so beautiful, but like having the support system and, you know, being a part of this group right now is, I've just come such a long way. Like I definitely didn't have that in my youth. I was just kind of, you know, weary and, um, mistrusting of other women. I just, it was, I was more competitive. I don't know if it was just the way I think it was just a lot of influence from family and society and conditioning and just having this view that there are limited seats at the top and I'm always in competition. I can't trust other women. They're going to try to tear me down. I had that type of mentality and I know a lot of us are raised that way, but I've definitely had an evolution where I'm like, oh my gosh, these are my sisters. They want the same thing. I can be vulnerable with them. I can open up with them. And the rewards of that, these connections and relationships I've formed have like changed my life and I'm just so grateful. So Mm. Saturday was just like an event that truly captured, you know, these deeper relationships that I formed with women and this community. And I was able to just sit back and be like, whoa, I've come so far and this is amazing. And I I wish this for every woman, you know, and every girl to have this type of community because you can just go so far when you feel that love and support and energy around you. And you're able to give that reciprocate that with other women too, you know? Yeah. Once you get to that space, you know, within yourself of that self-love and compassion and and confidence and an understanding of who you are, it totally transforms the relationships that you have with others. And it sounds like that's really what's happened for you. And Mm -hmm. it's amazing when you get so many women and so many people in the same room who sort of embody that love and empowerment and that confidence Uh and, and they're sharing it. I mean, it had to have been such an incredibly powerful moment, especially because you're about to have a daughter and um, that's got to be a whole transformative experience too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, you know, right away, just um, knowing that they're all there for me and um, also acknowledging we went around the room and just acknowledged that, you know, I'm going to mess up. We all do. And it's it just being vulnerable with each other, you know, created such a safe space. Like, Hey, we're all just figuring it out together. And no judgment and we're here to help and we can talk about these things um, even before she arrives and you know you're not gonna do it perfectly and it's okay we're all in this together it was just beautiful to hear that yeah I can only imagine (laughs) I've said this before on the podcast but I really believe that we're moving closer to a space where vulnerability is more embraced and accepted and uh, celebrated Mm -hmm. for you in your life Was there a moment or something where you decided, okay, I'm going to be more vulnerable with myself and with others and really start to live, I guess, maybe a more authentic life and kind of Mm. listen to yourself and your intuition more? Absolutely. Um, There was a big moment where I I can definitely pinpoint it as being the death of my mother from breast cancer when I was 25. Um, That was in 2009. She was 55. Um, but that was like, for sure, a pivotal turning point in my life where I could just look back and see how inauthentic I had been and mainly, you know, trying to be the woman and girl that my parents told me to be, society told me to be, my brothers, teachers, professors, everybody. I was just so influenced by everyone else. But definitely the passing of my mother um, was a reckoning for me where I just, first of all, I realized through her death, um, it was kind of the greatest example. It was the greatest example of someone dealing with some really um, challenging, terrible circumstances, going through breast cancer and watching someone, you know, de- deteriorate from any type of cancer is just like, it's a horrible thing that I wouldn't wish on anyone. But um, seeing, witnessing her strength and the way she was dealing with all of that was um, life changing for me because she just had so much strength and she put the sign all over the house she printed it out 
it said share or find joy in life, share joy with others. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck with me. I just remember, you know, when she was going through chemo radiation, she was just like in her bed, really sick every day. And I, I was at her house, um, walking back and forth, passing the fridge and that was on there. And at the time I was kind of like, Oh my God, what, like, how can I find joy in this situation? But she had that posted everywhere and looking back I'm like oh my god that takes so much courage and strength and it's definitely an abiding principle that I live by now but at the time I was like what (laughs) how can you find joy and when your body's deteriorating and turning on you like I just couldn't understand but um um, after that and that her example of being strong in that situation um it definitely changed me and you know the loss of your mother you're like (laughs) that's your main role model and the person that like affirms you and celebrates you and is your guide as a woman um it's a very special relationship so when she passed I was just kind of flailing and wondering and even more I felt even more disconnected from myself so it definitely sent me on first a downward spiral I did a lot of destructive things as depressed and um, I did. I moved across the country. I got married. There's all these things that happened. I got divorced like a year and a half later, but um, it had it just caused me to reevaluate everything, how I was living, if I was living for my own happiness or for the approval of others. And I realized I a lot of the things I had done since then had been because other people had told me I should be doing it or you know, there were choices that were definitely influenced by other people. And it wasn't me just doing like a real gut check. And asking myself, well, what do you want to do? What makes you happy? What brings you joy? So I think it just made me realize that you really have to work hard and almost fight for your own joy and happiness. It's not, it doesn't come to you easily. It's something that you really have to claim and hold on to and keep working at. And it's also just so important. Yeah, that was definitely a turning point for me that, I mean, since then, I've just made so many different changes and I feel like I'm a completely different person from who I was as a 27-year-old. To lose your mom, I think, at 25, I could not imagine. And so I I can only imagine how it has really been such a monumental event in your life, pushed you to really start to evaluate where you're at in your life and and the decisions that you were making. And now kind of going through that transition and that metamorphosis since your mom passed away and, and the huge changes you made with relationships and friends. What do you do now to really bring yourself joy and, and kind of build up those self-love muscles and, and treat yourself with that kindness? I love that you said self-love muscles. That's so great. That's I love saying I that because it really yeah. is a muscle and you have to work at it. You know, I didn't grow up in a home where it was encouraged to love myself. And I think so many people um, relate to that because it just wasn't something we thought about. And I really mm-hmm. think now in our 20s and and in our 30s and I really actually think for women of all ages it's and men it's really important to start to build up those muscles and mm-hmm. acknowledge how wonderful and beautiful and kind and intelligent you are and and not let anyone really you know tell you otherwise mm-hmm. yeah I'm thinking about my nieces and my daughter and like all these like girls and yeah so boys and women and men it applies to everybody but um yeah, wouldn't it be amazing if we were all taught Ugh. self-care, encouraged to get to know ourselves and know what you know brings us joy or what heals us or sustains us at an early age? Game no. changer. The world, I know, right? <laughs> it would be it would change the world. And I just think of the the lack of that that I had, the lack of self-understanding and awareness up until my late 20s. And I had no idea how to care for myself. I just like seriously just drank more and just hopped from one relationship to the next after my divorce and was like, I don't know how to even cope. I don't know how to cope with death. I had just like, no, like zero handrails that were like healthy. And Mm -hmm. so I had to kind of, yeah, reevaluate and look for those all over. I had to start from scratch and think about, okay, what makes me happy? And okay, so when you talk about um, developing your self-love muscle, which I just doodled. This is so great. I'm like, I need to remember that. Um, <laughs> it's so good, right? I mean, I just think it's so applicable for everybody. Yeah, because it's like, it's definitely something that you hone in on over time and strengthen. Um, but for me, I found, let's see, just making space to be alone and not trying to like, because I think like after you lose someone or you have a divorce or some um, pivotal moment like that or traumatic moment in your life, you tend to want to, well, at least I did, I would just 
like schedule my calendar out, fully book myself, want to be around people all the time, like just constantly stay busy so that I didn't have to face it, what was going on. I didn't have to face the grief full on. I didn't have to sit with myself in the pain and um, just really be in it and process it. I wanted to do the opposite of that. So I would distract myself with everything like travel, people, drinking, going out, partying, whatever. Uh, work just became so, so busy. But then I realized, you know, I wasn't facing it. It just seemed like a destructive downward spiral. So as soon as I started making space and time just to be alone and get to know myself and just being comfortable with that uncomfortableness, mm-hmm. that's when things started really changing. I started traveling alone. Um, after a while, I decided I wasn't going to date for like a year or whatever, like not seriously at least, and just spent more time actively, you know, spending nights at home alone or just with friends. And I started journaling more. And that's how I started doing all the watercolor artwork. And that was only like, let's see, maybe four years ago now. Mm. It actually started after uh, a pretty messy breakup. And I was like, I'm writing a dating offer here. I just need to, I'm not doing this right. Something isn't right here. And I also felt just like so depressed and disconnected from myself. And I'm like, what is going on? I like, I'm older and I'm still not getting this right. And I still feel like lost inside myself, if yeah. that makes any sense. And I turned to painting and just journaling to um, get to know myself and discover myself. And it was so healing and cathartic. And that really was, yeah, the point in my life that has led me to today where I'm like on this watercolor kick and I'm doing all this artwork. It, it was from that painful time, that painful breakup where I just every day painted just to, just for fun, just for my enjoyment, just to hmm. like find some peace. Yeah, I love that because I was going to ask you, you know, where did all the, it start with the watercolor and, and the painting and, and doing what you're doing and I love that it really started from giving yourself the space to have space and be alone Mm -hmm. and learn to get more in touch with yourself. And something that I'm learning and I have learned is that you really need to be open to being uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. you need to be open to the possibility of taking an uncomfortable risk and doing things that scare you. Because once you start to shift outside of that comfort zone or shift outside of the space that you've been and what you're used to and what you're comfortable with, I don't know. I think you really start to see some magic and who you are starts to develop and you start to learn about who you are. I think there's so much stimulation in the world, period, and I think we can get lost in it and mm-hmm. in of who we are and our identity and, and not know, is this my truth or is this someone else's? And, and so I just... I love what you said about how you made the space to kind of be alone and to learn more about who you are and and what you like to do and what you like to do for fun and and what kind of fills you up that way. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't get quiet, you don't make space to be, get quiet enough to hear yourself. Like you just don't know how you would know. Yeah. No, it's so true. You have to disconnect, Mm -hmm. you know, unplug Mm -hmm. so you can start to connect to who you really are and and what's important to you. And what would you say you've learned the most about yourself kind of going through this journey? Um, Maybe the last, it sounds like the last four or five years. Yeah. um, I would say I learned the most about myself. I'm stronger than I ever realized. (laughs) I can endure so much more than I thought which has built my confidence over time. I'm like, whoa, you went through some crazy shit. (laughs) You can handle it. Wow. And then, you know, yeah, I'm like, women, people are really resilient, powerful. They can do a lot of things. Like if you just have that faith that you'll get through it, even when you're like at rock bottom, you know, just hang on. And then the other thing is I kind of, I always looked at, I've always been, I was always a sensitive, pretty sensitive kid, sensitive person. And, you know, not, quick to speak up. I kind of sit back and let things process before I have an answer. Even in meetings, I worked in the corporate world for a while. Um, I would just sit back and let it all process and really want I'd want to make sure I had enough information and um, then speak my mind. And I always thought that was a weakness, just being a little more soft-spoken, um, introverted, sensitive. But now I really recognize that that's one of my greatest strengths. It definitely... I think that empathetic side of me that kind of just has like a hypersensitive radar on at all times. And when I walk into any room, I'm like, are they comfortable? What are they doing? Oh, they seem a little like, do they feel like they're not being heard or seen? Oh, there goes my dog. 
<laughs> That's Charlie. He's he agrees. <laughs> he agrees like, with everything you're saying right now. Ditto, girl. You get it, girl. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's that same part of me that has that hypersensitive radar on when I'm like at a party or hosting or I'm just trying to get a feel of the room and, you know, I can kind of sense when people are maybe uncomfortable or maybe they're like lonely. They can't, I just always have been that way. Yeah. Or I cry at the drop of a hat or I don't know. I just take it all in. So I think that I've learned over the years that that's definitely my strong suit and it informs my artwork it definitely gives me a perspective of uh, inclusivity, like who might not be uh, feeling heard or seen right now, like what people are out there, like what's missing from this, where we're not seeing it in artwork or in media, like whose voices are mm -hmm. not being yeah. heard. And then I put that into art for a while. Yeah, I did think of it as a weakness. I'm like, I need to be more aggressive and masculine in these meetings I need to speak up more I need to be I need to defend myself and that's important too but I just thought it looked a different way and you know when you think about leadership and leaders you know you have this we have this stereotype of what it means and I never thought of myself as that until recently I'm like no I can I can be myself and still be a leader and I, it doesn't have to look a certain way <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think it goes back to the fact that the images that we have grown accustomed to of leaders are those very aggressive, masculine figures. And, and we're sort of been taught that, you know, to be passive is considered to be, I don't know, I feel like people characterize it as a weak, feminine trait, as opposed to being mm -hmm. aggressive as being dominant and masculine and, and strong. And the truth of the matter is, and I think we're learning this now and being quiet and taking it all in and being strong in that sense and empathetic and being sensitive and in, in tune to what others' needs are and who doesn't feel represented and who actually is not being represented. That's really where the true leadership is. And, and I think mm -hmm. we are starting to see it rise to the surface. And I love that you really started to understand that those traits that really make you who you are are your strengths and they're not weaknesses. And uh, you and I share that in common in terms of when we walk into a room. I mean, it's like a running joke in my family because mm -hmm. I always say, how are you? Are you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> your face looks weird. And mm -hmm. my dad hates this and he always goes, stop picking up on my energy. Worry about your own energy. And so, you know, it's like you can't help it. It just happens. And so mm -hmm. when you were saying that, I was cracking up inside because it's like, I get it, you know, and you're sensitive that way. And it's actually a real strength and, mm -hmm. and it, and it does really come through in, in all of your artwork and the women and the images that you portray. And so much of it is about that empowerment aspect. And I wanted to ask you this earlier, but what does empowerment really mean to you? Hmm. I think, um, empowerment means feeling comfortable and, whole in your skin and knowing your power, your own power and your agency, really understanding that, you know, when you're like walking into a room or any type of um, situation, knowing that you have equal power with the other person or the other groups of people, um, having that confidence, you know, and also really having boundaries, you know, and knowing yourself, you know what your boundaries are, you know how to self-care and preserve yourself. So you know when to say no, or you're just, you get used to saying no more. I think that that's what empower means for me. Yeah. And it goes back to that whole aspect about leadership and, and really understanding, you know, your strengths and, and that they're not weaknesses and acknowledging, you know, that you're really on the same playing field, you know, that there aren't those differences. And so much of your work too is, is really about all of that. And especially now with everything we have going on socially and politically and um, how has your work and your illustrations and everything that you've done has it made or how has it made a difference in your life? It's really led me to recognize uh, the power of creativity and how that can create so much connection, how it can support a movement or other people's efforts and dreams. And artwork is so powerful. <laughs> and I just, yeah, with Instagram and the whole online um, community building and online reach and what's possible, it's been amazing to see what can become of it when you put yourself out there, when you share your artwork, um, share your voice through artwork. I just had no idea that it would 
take me to where I'm at now. You know, when I started sharing online like a year and a half ago, I had no idea it would resonate with so many other people and other women um, until I started just being open and sharing my stuff. I didn't even, you know, like my hand lettering is just probably the same hand lettering and style, my artwork and same style I've had in the margins of my notebooks from middle school. So mm. to have it like people buy it and like celebrate it and, per, you know, they give me great feedback. It's just been amazing because that is really an extension of who I really am and who I've yeah. always been. And it's just me putting it out there consistently. And then it, it resonates with so many. It's been really beautiful. And I've had all these like, forged all these great connections through sharing myself in that way. Also, it's been on my mind for like, well, since um, I completed college, what was that, like 10 years ago, my bachelor's, I've always considered going to art therapy and becoming an art therapist. And it's been like this, um, it's been on my mind, yeah, for over a decade. And I just now applied finally. I'm like, I need to do this. That's exciting. I know. I'm so excited. I applied to a couple of schools like a month ago and I'm like, okay, I'm having this kid, but that's okay. Cause like I said, it's contagious looking at other women who've done it with families. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I can, anything is possible. There's a way. I just don't know the how yet, but I'm like, it's possible. She's doing it. She did it. So I'm like, I can figure this out. I have a great, really supportive partner, Gregory too. Who's just like, yeah, we can make it work. Like we'll figure it out. But in recognizing the power of artwork to lend to positive social change and to create community and healing and connection. I'm like, man, there's so much untapped potential in creative therapies that just, I want to, I want to master. I want to know more because I want to be able to do more with it. So that's, that's uh, the next chapter that I'll be pursuing with all this artwork. That's amazing. And and that's, that's so exciting. And I love that you're thinking about what else you want to do and what is so cool. And what you said, you know, about not knowing the how. I think so many of us get sort of hung up on the how, you know, like, uh-huh. how is this going yeah. to work? Totally. How is this going to happen? I have all these other things on my plate. How am I going <laughs> to do this one other thing? And um, uh-huh. it sort of sounds like, in a way, you're really stepping out in faith and going for it and figuring, you know what, it's going to work out whatever way it works out, but I'm going to go for it. And I Mm -hmm. love that because I think so many of us let those things hold us back and we choose to play it small and, and not go Mm -hmm. for it, not think, you know, that we can handle so much more than we actually can. So that is really, I'm really excited to see, you know, how, (laughs) how all that plays out for you. And, And I just love that you're going for it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, well, I have a great supportive community and partner and I'll I'll figure it out. (laughs) I'll just ask for help along the way. I've learned to do that too. You will. And and asking for help is hard, I think, for so many of us. And especially uh, when we want to kind of give off this illusion, you know, that you've got it all together and everything is fine and I don't need help. (laughs) And um, for you, I mean, asking others for help and and support. And I know we touched a little bit on your community and, and the support system you have, but have you found that it's gotten easier over time to ask for that help? Oh, absolutely. Yep. And I think the more that I, well, it's that whole vulnerability piece too, like, yeah. And creating, um, a group. Um, I have this like a group meetup that I co-founded with some friends and it's called for folks sake. It's mm. awesome. We meet up like once a month. We started doing it like post-election because we're like, how are we going to get through this? And yeah. How can we stay engaged and not completely drain ourselves? And like, we want to stay active in the community and politics and we want to self-advocate and advocate for each other and build each other up. So we're like, we need like a structure around this. So we started this group. Yeah, last January, actually, it's a year old. And we meet once a month and in creating like safe spaces for women to and folks um, to show up and just be who they really are and just share their struggles and not have to put on like a facade of like, I've got it all figured out. Are you impressed? Yeah. Cause that keeps us disconnected from each other, but just showing up and being like, Hey, I'm starting this business or I have this business idea or like, Hey, this is happening. Um, having these relationship issues or whatever it may be, but being real And just knowing that other people are going to listen and not judge and provide support, it's so powerful. And then you get used to, you know, putting it out there. It is back to that muscle thing. Yeah. (laughs) I think it all ties into that self-love muscle. Like, hey, this is where I'm at. Can anybody help me with this? 
And I've definitely gotten better at that over time. Like I don't need to hide who I really am or how I'm struggling. I need to share it because everyone's struggling in their own way too. Yeah. And I'm going to get accustomed just putting it out there. And then I can reciprocate that when someone else, they can, they become comfortable with me and sharing what's going on, what's really going on, you know? Yeah. Um, like my coffee dates, like my relationships have completely changed. Um, my coffee meetups are, the conversations are so uplifting and powerful because people feel comfortable just sharing what's really going on. And when I ask, how are you doing? Like, I really mean it. <laughs> I just like want to go there. Yeah. I think that also happened after my mom died. I I was so frustrated that people didn't want to ask me about it. Like it never happened. They were uncomfortable, so they didn't bring it up. And I like, I just wanted to keep her memory alive and keep talking about it and processing through the grief. And I just felt so alone in it. Like no one was wanted to bring it up because it was too uncomfortable. So I would yeah. bring it up and then they would react in a really awkward way. And that made me realize that we deal with like grief in such an awkward way in our society and especially in this country. And I'm like, yeah. what is going on with that? How can we heal? How can we process it when no one even wants to bring it up? As yeah. with so many other issues that are uncomfortable for people. But um, that's when I was like, man, I just want to have real conversations about real stuff all the time. So how can I practice doing more of that with everybody around me? And so I did. Yeah. That reminds me a lot about uh, Sheryl Sandberg, and um, I don't know if you've read any of her books, but she talks about how after her husband passed away, no one wanted to talk about it. No one wanted to talk about the fact that he died. No one wanted to say anything to her, and Mm -hmm. she felt so isolated in her grief, and it's about teaching ourselves and our friends and our family and by extension our society and culture that, no, we have to talk about it, and it's okay to ask and – it's, mm. To me, it feels like it's more uncomfortable for the person who's asking than it is for the person who's actually going through the difficult Definitely. experience. And yeah. the more we sort of practice moving out of that uncomfortableness within ourselves, mm-hmm. then you start to see the conversations and the relationships and the interactions that you have with others make that shift because you've made it you know, within yourself and yeah. um, having those conversations with friends and family and, and with new friends and, and asking people, you know, how are you? I think how are you has become kind of this like mm-hmm. small talk filler, but mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, it's, yeah. I really want to know how you are. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. And you're so right. The, how are you? I mean, even people, when you ask them that they're probably like, they don't really want to hear how I'm doing or what's really oh, going yeah. on. I'm on the verge of divorce or I'm having a breakdown. Like they, they don't feel comfortable typically because it is, like you said, it's just such a common, um, kind of like filler meaningless question, filler yeah, filler question, yeah, that we use. But um, I was just thinking, I one of my good friends, she lost her father when she was younger, and we both realized that we had, you know, deceased parents. And when we we shared like the same sentiments on people are just so awkward around grief mm-hmm. and bringing it up and we're like, we need to change it. We're going to change it together. <laughs> Cause we're like, let's talk about them. So, you know, when you have a friend like that too, you want to know where they came from and who their parents were to really understand who they are. Yeah. So we decided to have to set a date and have coffee and talk about our dead parents. Mm-hmm. And we called it the dead parent society. We're like, we need to do this all the time. <laughs> but we're like, disclaimer, like they're dead from natural causes. Like don't kill your parents. <laughs> but we we were like, we put it in our calendar, um, you know, coffee and tears and dead parents. And we both brought photo albums and she brought her dad's artwork. He was an amazing artwork artist. And she brought all these little like mementos or tokens of you know, his life with her. And so did I, all these old photos of who my mom was. And it was like one of the most beautiful (laughs) days I've ever had, just getting together and like sharing my parent with her and her sharing who her dad was. It it was so cathartic and healing. And I was like, man, everyone should do this. This is great. We could just keep their memory alive and get to know each other better in doing so. Yeah, opening up that space, I think, for ourselves and others to kind of feel comfortable. And I can only think about my own experiences with this, but I think sometimes you feel like you're not being heard because people don't want to talk about it or they don't know Mm -hmm. how to approach you. And so to make that space for yourself and for a friend, I think 
oh, it's so beautiful and, and <laughs> it has to be so powerful. And, and of course, it was such an amazing day for you, you know, because <laughs> you had that space to really, to really share. And yeah. that's really wonderful. And how amazing that you really cultivated and developed these deep relationships with, with women and, and everyone in your life. I mean, I think it's a real testament too, to the growth and how far you've come in, in sort of your own development, you know, in, in mm. getting comfortable within your own skin. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> if you, if you could go back in time, what would be one thing that you would sort of share with your, uh, gosh, maybe 23 year old self? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Probably. I would probably encourage my 23 year old self to play more. And to just make time and space to discover myself, discover who I am. I feel like I just was so rushed into being an adult. I think I just was like trying to be a perfectionist and have it all figured out. And I was so adamant about doing things the right way, whatever that looked like. Yeah. Whatever everyone else told me was the right thing to do. Versus just like dabbling in different things, which I feel like I've done that later in life. Um, with different businesses and stuff, but it took me a while. I, I just wanted a plan. I wanted to have it all figured out. I just wanted to have like a legitimate career and have respect and success and prove myself. You know, I think that's how I derived a lot of my value. I was like, okay, I need to be mm -hmm. successful. And it looks like this X, Y, Z. And that's what I was focused on versus like thinking about what really made me happy and all those things. I'm like, no, 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 I need to make money. I need to get a real job. I need to have success. I need, yeah. I was really focused on that. So I wish I would have just made time to get a little messier, mm -hmm. allow myself to fail. I was really afraid of failing. So doing things wrong. Yeah. And just listening to everybody else instead of listening to myself. I did so much of that. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I relate to so much to all of that. And um, I, I know so many people who are listening will feel the same way. And I think especially when you're in your 20s, and this is sort of obviously where I'm at right now, but you mm -hmm. feel rushed. You know, you want to have that legitimate career and have mm -hmm. that sort of external respect. And um, I'm learning it's more about that inward self-respect. And yeah. that, that's really where you derive your happiness and your joy. And yes, of course, making money is important considering right. the society we live in but it is, that doesn't, yeah. right you can do things that bring you joy and make you happy and fulfill you mm -hmm. that way to sort of bring in you know that livelihood and that income and and whatever that might look like and I love your advice about playing more and it sounds like that goes kind of hand in hand obviously with having you know more joy and and doing things that um make you feel that joy and I think at 23 I think we're all pretty serious at least I was very mm -hmm. serious I was starting law school yeah. at 23 so I was oh, yeah. uh a very serious person. Um, <laughs> yeah. But today and, and where you're at in life now, how do you sort of find joy in your in your day-to-day -day life? First things that come to mind, still painting. I still find so much joy in just sitting down, lighting a candle. I like create like a little ritual around it where it's like my me time to just express myself. Um, I love that. Who says this? Oh, Brene Brown said that creativity is not benign. It kind of mm -hmm. builds up in you. And it, yeah. It'll be destructive after a while if you don't get it out. And that's what I was doing for so long, just, you know, denying myself of that. I'm like, well, that's, it's not productive and that's self-indulgent. Like, I can't just sit down and paint every day. Like, I don't have time for that. I need to, I need to go out and hustle. Like, I had this, like, just, I'm so afraid. I got to make money. And it's the funny, the funny thing is, as soon as I started letting go of that, I'm like, what brings me joy? What do I have to say? I'm going to do my own thing. I've made more money in doing that. Like, oh, that has been yes. the outcome. When I flipped it. But obviously, I'm a big advocate of making money and asking for what you're worth, like totally. Of course, yeah. But I flipped my mindset where I'm like, what do I enjoy? And I started putting that out in the world and doing more of that and then getting more commissioned work for that. And it just started snowballing. So it's been oh, cool to yeah. see it, see that flip, you know, when I yeah. when my passion aligned with my career, I guess, and how that was rewarded in, in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sitting down to paint brings me a lot of joy. I was never a dog person until I went to an adoption day with uh, Greg and I went like, well, it was two years ago now. Um, mm. And we're like, let's just go check it out and see if there are any cute puppies. And it's like, whatever. 
And then we saw Charlie and he's this like three month old German shepherd mutt. And he was just so cute and so happy, like wagging his tail. Every other dog was freaking out, losing its mind. And we're like, oh my gosh. And then I like held him. I was like, I feel like he chose me. I need to bring him home. And so since then, he's going to be two in April. Like, I just love how he keeps me so present and in check. And he's just like living in the moment every day. And I'm like, I get this dog thing, this animal thing. This is like, they're just around, they're goofy. They like are just being themselves completely unabashedly every day. And they just, they make me laugh, everything he does. And I just, I try to make time when he brings a toy over and like wants to just like play and mess around. I'm like, okay, just take a couple seconds. Like just play with him. It'll keep, it's good for you too. It's not just to appease him. Like you need to be present and just snap out of whatever you were thinking about. So I do that a lot. I like just walking him and getting outside, just having that down time, that quiet time for myself. Um, that's not online, not looking at screens, whether it be 30 minutes to an hour, even just breaks throughout the day to yeah, go for a walk without my phone or just meet up, have coffee and not have my phone anywhere in sight with a friend and just like fully listen and talk and engage and be like completely present with them for like an hour. That is so energizing and wonderful. Like I try to do that every day, start the coffee or every other day um, before I start my day with like a friend and just listen and hear each other out. And then what else? Take hmm. baths, just any, any downtime, quiet time. I love it. And travel, yeah. travel brings me joy, seeing how other people around the world live. I didn't start traveling, especially internationally. We just didn't have the means growing up to do that. And it wasn't on my mind when I was in my early 20s, I was like, I don't have money or time for that. I need to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't start doing that to my late 20s. I took my first international trip when I was like 27, 28. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm missing all of this. Like I, I was living in this bubble world. I didn't know that they do things like this in Hong Kong. They drink hot water from these hot water stations all the time. Why do they do that? <laughs> like They practice like Tai Chi in the early mornings in their parks throughout the city, like the uh, elderly do that a lot and all these little things that I absorbed and that just opened my eyes to how people live and their belief systems and it just just broke me out of my shell and made me spark my creativity mm. it's just a constant thing so I was like since that trip I, I made it an effort to save money and take an international trip every year because I was like this is a priority this is this informs my self-growth and personal development it's like an investment so That's been so, yeah, it's brought me so much joy. Oh, I love that. I love everything that you do to bring joy (laughs) into your life. What would you say that joy feels like for you? Um, I think it's peaceful. It's probably the big, biggest word. Um, Present, just being peaceful, present, accepting of where I'm at. I don't have to change anything as perfect as it is, even when it's like things are chaotic or crazy. Just being able to sit in that and be like, no, it is as it is. You'll be okay. Like tapping into that Mm -hmm. inner reserve of strength and like, okay, you've got the, you got through so much other things. You can get through this and you can still have joy and be joyful and no one can take that away from you. You can choose joy at any moment, no matter what's happening. I agree. I really think um, even when moments are difficult, you know, there's really always something to celebrate and be joyful over and feel gratitude for. And I think it's about learning, you know, to come back to that space within yourself too, you know, when those moments, um, when those moments arise. Yeah. And I think the number one um, example of that for me was my mom, like that find joy in life, share joy with others as she was dying. Like that is, the supreme example I have of that. And yeah. one of the last words she said to me when she was at hospice was, um, go have fun, Kimmy. I had a wedding of a really good friend the next day. And I was like, you know, she was expected to live um, weeks beyond that. And she actually passed away the next day. Mm. But um, her last words were like, go have fun. Like <laughs> as a mom, she's just like, you need to go live, go to that wedding. I'll be here. Like, it'll be fine. You can still dance. You can be happy no matter what's going on, like, go do it. Yeah. I love that. It's really beautiful what your mom said to you and, and pushing you, you know, to really go and and seek that joy and have it and, and keep it in your life and, um, and to carry it with you, I think always. Mm -hmm. What are you most excited for, for this year? I mean, 
It's probably an easy question given the birth <laughs> of your daughter and your book, but um, I thought I would ask anyway. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm just so excited to meet my daughter and to just experience motherhood. Um, yeah, that's it's going to be incredible. I have no idea. I'm not trying to put too many expectations on it. I'm just going to like let it unfold and get myself as ready as I can be um, and try not to control the situation too much or dictate it because you never really can anyway. I was going to say, I don't think that's uh, (laughs) – you have no idea what's going to happen. I know. I hear there's not not a manual for parenting. (laughs) And even if you get one, it changes constantly (laughs) from what I've been told. So, oh my gosh. I'm not reading any like what to expect when you're excited. I'm like throwing it out the window. I'm just going to lean on my community and phone a friend and family. I'm like, what? What do I do now? How do I keep this child alive? I love it. So my last question before we go is um, just what is your biggest dream? I'm really hopeful and optimistic about the future of our um, country, even though it seems like, you know, a shitstorm right now, which it is. But I am hopeful (laughs) that this is the chaos before the great transformation. I think a lot of people are waking up. Some can say like it's, you know, they're waking up too late or whatever. It's, It's still it's happening a lot of people there's an unveiling that's happening um and i'm excited to see more women stepping up into leadership roles whether that be government um politics you know throughout business whatever that looks like on every level within their homes i just i'm excited to see what that looks like that transformation and it's already happening um i think it's an exciting time to be alive and then personally yeah just being a mother and like you know raising a daughter who's kind and understands her own power and just discovering who she is. That's just going to be a dream, like having a little person. Um, And then the art therapy thing, I just, I'm so excited to pursue that fully and see what becomes of it and see the type of impact that I can create through that. It's definitely taking it to the next level. I'm excited for that challenge. Also, um, more books. I want to write and illustrate more books. Hmm. So oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, well, I love both dreams. I think um, <laughs> I think uh, we're going to see a lot of really exciting changes in, in the years to come. And um, you have a lot of exciting changes on the personal front too. And thank you so much for being on Seek the Joy podcast and sharing so much of yourself and, and having this conversation with me. And where can everyone find you and your work and get more involved? Sure. Um, my website is kimothyjoy.com. And I have an online shop with a lot of my prints and artwork and all kinds of stuff on there. And my book information is on the homepage. My book is called That's What She Said, Wise Words uh, of Influential Women. And that is available now. It's out for pre-sale. So you can order that from my website. And then it'll be in um, bookstores on April 3rd. And then on Instagram, I'm Kimothy Joy. And then Facebook, Kimothy Joy. So. Yeah, perfect. Okay, awesome. Amazing. So I'll include everything in the show notes so everyone can find you if they're not already following you and your work. And um, when I went to the Women's March last year, I remember seeing your your stuff everywhere. And so, mm-hmm. just so it's been so cool to see just how you've evolved over the last year. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so happy we connected and I'm so glad to have had this conversation with you. This was amazing. And um I feel like I've learned so much about you and and your story and and your journey, and it's only just beginning to unfold. So thank you. Thank you so much, Cindy. This has been a pleasure, and I'm honored to be on your podcast. And thank you for doing what you're doing, reminding people to seek the joy. It's seek their joy. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's a a definite reminder, I think, that we all need. But Mm -hmm. my hope is one day uh, this kind of idea will be something of the past. You know, it'll just be (laughs) innate and second nature. So so I'm hopeful. (laughs) 